And like we say all the time, hey, we're not going to get this thing perfect. But by setting a strategy and then setting a plan to work towards that strategy, we're, we're going to set ourselves up where we know we're acting on our plan and we can make adjustments as needed versus being frozen in fear. Welcome to Leaving the Job, the premier financial podcast for firefighters. Hosted by Scott Osborne, a seasoned retirement coach at Patriot Wealth Planners and an esteemed 18-year Army veteran. This show responds to the unique challenges and opportunities that firefighters face in retirement planning. Each episode offers strategic advice, shares inspiring stories, and provides guidance to help you achieve a confident and secure retirement. Join us as we explore the path to a fulfilling retirement for those who've dedicated their lives to serving others. This is Leaving the Job with the Firefighter's Advisor, Scott Osborne. This is Leaving the Job, the premier financial podcast for firefighters with Scott Osborne, the Firefighter's Advisor at Patriot Wealth Planners. If you got some questions, need some help, find Scott online at retirefirefighter.com or call osborne.com, whichever one works for you, retirefirefighter.com or call osborne.com. What's going on, my friend? How you doing this week? Oh, what's up, dude? How nah, you doing? Doing pretty good. Hanging in there. Just uh, looking forward to talking with you. I was going to ask you, because I know we talked a little bit about uh, you know football and you know being an Ohio fan and all that good stuff. What would you think about the, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you watch pros as much as you do the college, but uh, what would you think about the Browns coming back and, and beating the Niners a, a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago? Well, let me clarify one thing. I live in Ohio. But I'm not an Ohio State fan. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so we're 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 hardcore Notre Dame fans. That's but, uh, right. That's um, right. So I don't want to be cast in a uh, incorrect light here. I like, I'll, I'll probably make some enemies uh, with that comment, but that's okay. <laughs> so you know the uh, the Brownies. I'm not I'm not a hardcore NFL fan, but the, I always like seeing the Browns win. You know the Browns fans are loyal. Yeah. Um, they deserve all good things coming to them. So yeah. um, you know, it's always good to see the the dog pound out there and you know, see him coming back. And, and, you know, I, I'm actually from Southern California and my folks are both from, uh, different parts of California. And so I actually oh, grew up okay. watching the Niners uh-huh. and you know, watching Montana. Well, watching sure. Steve they were Young, great. So, yeah. Yeah. So I've always, I've always kind of liked seeing them and my dad's a huge Niners fan. So, but, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, not too much loyalty there, but yeah, always good to see, uh, see the Brownies out for a win. So well, I think that, I think the underdog aspect, right. And I guess I should probably clarify. So we're taping these a little before they come out. So if some people, somebody's checking it out, they're like, wait a minute, you know, that, that happened like a couple of months ago. So I, I those guys I, didn't make the playoffs. I, I do stand corrected on that. But however, like as a, I think the underdog conversation is really where I was going to go with this guy, cause I'm a Lions fan, which if you're going to, you know, that's a terrible, like they've been underdogs for, Oh, I don't know, 50 years. <laughs> they've God, not, they've speed not, they've not been good mark. for a long time and they're having you know they had a pretty good season i guess i won't be able to say exactly how it phased out at this point but at the time we're taping this they're, all, they're doing having a pretty good season and so really it comes back to the same conversation of are you ready to retire so whether you've kind of been perpetually you know meandering around in, in the middle category middle ground of uh, life like where you're saying okay look i'm just too busy i'm working i'm trying to 
um, you know, pay for the things that happen every day, or you're or you're saying, no, I, I want to think about the future me and how to take care of it. It's important to get a strategy. It's important to get a game plan. Let's you know a coaching strategy, whatever you want to call it, right? But you've got to have something in place. Otherwise, you may have that kind of history that the Lions and the Browns have had, where it's not not so great, right? And nobody wants that for their retirement. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, retirement's one of those things. If you do it right, you only do it once. So yeah, we, we can't all, um, re, you know, Brett Favre and re-retire and then play and then <laughs> exactly or Tom Brady, yeah. you know, or whatever the case is. So let's talk about a few things here. So there are a lot of people who have reached retirement age, and I'm I know I'm doing quotes that you can't see, but they say they don't want to retire now, whatever that age might be, Scott. So maybe it's let's just go with sixty-five because that's the norm number we've used, even though that's really not the case much anymore. But let's just kind of say it's sixty-five for the sake of the argument. Um, do you find that the reason they don't want to retire is a they truly enjoy what they do and therefore they just like it, which that's great, right? If you if you're in that great category, awesome. Or is it really a defense mechanism because they don't know or they're afraid to find out if they can retire? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think, you know, there's a couple things at play here, right? One is for some people, what are they retiring to? You know, so yeah, I'm retiring from being a firefighter, from whatever the case may be. Right. But if I don't have any like clear purpose on what I'm retiring to, you know, it's very easy to not have any sort of sense of urgency to have a plan to get together and and get into that next stage because there's no no need to plan for it because you don't know what you're going to be doing anyways. Right. Something very unique that our fire faced, though, many of them retire very young. So, you know, there's it's pretty rare to see a firefighter retiring at age 65, not common at all. Okay. And so, you know, we're left with with folks that, uh, you know, they're going to get a pension typically. They're typically getting little to no social security benefits, maybe something from their spouse because of the government pension offset because mm-hmm. they didn't pay into the system all those years. And so, they got to figure out like, okay, I'm retiring at maybe between 55 and 60 with life expectancy, you know, being what it is now. It's, it's very easy to say, we got to plan for a 30-year retirement for our average fire Easily. Uh, person that's yeah. coming in the office. So 30 years minimum is, is really what to plan for. So then you got to really take a step back and say, well, my pension isn't enough for me to live off of um, compared to the lifestyle that we've become accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also maybe my spouse is going to work a little bit longer, maybe not. And I'm really starting to get those puzzle pieces together of mapping out the cash flow. How do we do it in a tax efficient way? How do we build that bridge to to healthcare? Um, and so there's a lot of considerations on on whether, uh, you know, if we were giving it like a, a, a readiness indicator, like green light, red light, okay. Okay, what does it take to get green for uh, all these different readiness items for retirement? Right. You know, there's a lot of planning decisions to make here. And I think what's unique for a lot of the guys that we come across and girls we come across is, you know, if they enter like some sort of deferred retirement option program, uh, frequently called a a drop or a banked variable or something like that, they are going to be told when they need to retire or they forfeit like all the interest and, um, you know, earnings on that. So nobody ever goes over. Gotcha. So, but, but they'll have like a deadline where, Hey, you cannot work past midnight on this day. So they have to retire that by that day. So they got a mandatory retirement date. And with that MRD, they have to figure out, okay, I'm going to be retired by this date. And then that will typically drive some urgency around getting some of these things taken care of. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, yeah, if we can go into that eyes wide open and mm-hmm. and be a few years in front of it, you know, we can definitely set ourselves up uh, and set you up to be 
doing a, a lot more with the money you've saved, hit the ground running in your retirement versus scrambling to get all these things taken care of at the last minute. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, maybe we should do, you know, I know we're just getting rolling with the podcast here, but maybe we should do an episode on that government offset because I think that's something that, you know, people don't realize how that affects them. Uh, if you're in it and dealing with it, yeah, you probably understand. But maybe for folks who are just getting into that industry or whatever, it could be useful information as well, right? So it's a it's a definitely a unique situation. Uh, put it on the list. I agree. Yeah, we'll put that one on the list. All right, so let's let's kind of play devil's advocate here. So, and, and obviously, you're teeing me up and learning me a, a lot more about the specific nuances that you know American Fire and so on and so forth they face, right? Because I'm coming at this from some more of the, I think the the average everyday folks kind of standpoint. So it's really cool to learn this, these different nuances here. But let's just say you are in that good spot. Okay, you've got the pension. You're financially in in good shape. Uh, you feel like that you're going to be fine, but you still have that like con- that lack of confidence to like you know can I do the things I want in retirement? It's going to be a longer one. To your point, it's going to be thirty years. I'm retiring early. Can I spend comfortably and feel okay with that, or am I going to be kind of constantly kind of looking over my shoulder, checking my bank book, that kind of thing? If you don't have confidence, what does that kind of stem from? Is it because you're winging it and you you know you got your pension and you know you've got this that or the other, but you don't really have a true plan or or what? What do you think there? I think lack of confidence comes from one of two things, uh, if not both. Okay. One would be lack of a plan, and the other would be lack of experience. And so, like again, I think of you know somebody coming on the scene of a fire, right? A firefighter. Okay. They might have a plan of how they're going to deal with this, but you know it's very unknown. Like the situation is very dynamic. The situation is very volatile. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever you're planning probably isn't going to go according to plan because so, the so they have the initial change. plan of attack when they first kind of survey it. Exactly. Okay. But. But you can still go into that situation with confidence because you have significant experience. You know, it's like I think about all the time I've you know been in the military. You know, we're big planners with and doing contingency plans sure. and course action A, course action B, and all that stuff. Well, whatever you plan never happens. But as you get more experienced, you have confidence that hey, we did planning and we're going to be able to act on our plan and and react um, to the the things going on around us mm. appropriately because we have the necessary experience. So I think with a lot, when a lot of people are transitioning into retirement, there's that lack of experience because you're again with what I do now for a living, we're working with people all the time in retirement. So we're getting a ton of that that experience and competency there. But if you're going it alone so to speak, you have you're you're only retired one time, hopefully. So your experience is your own experience going through it. I mean, that's not the best place to be cutting your teeth, so to speak, for one, lack of experience. For two, and the lack of a a plan, if I don't have that plan and I can't match that up with uh, some experience, it causes a lot of procrastination and indecisiveness where people will, you know, they'll have come in and we'll, we'll, we'll meet them and they'll have all their money in the stable value fund and their their deferred retirement accounts all on a fixed account and they got nothing invested for long term. Mm. And they know it's wrong, mm-hmm. but they don't know um, what they should be doing, so they do nothing. And so as we put these puzzle pieces together, it gives you confidence because you can see how this strategy is going to play out over time. And like we say all the time, hey, we're not going to get this thing perfect, but by setting a strategy and then setting a plan to work towards that strategy, we're, we're going to set ourselves up where we know we're acting on our plan and we can, you know, make adjustments as needed versus being frozen in fear. 
Yeah, and just like responding to a call, then as things are changing, as you're going through retirement, you're going you're gonna to adjust your course of attack along the way, right? So as markets change and so on and so forth. And so that certainly makes a lot of sense. And, you know, since I'm, I'm learning more about this, with you carving out this niche of working with, you know, police and fire and so on and so forth, do you find that, that more folks are coming, when they come to see you, that they, they do have a plan or they do not have a plan? What, what are you seeing more often? I mean, to be candid, more times than not, it's not like, hey, I have this detailed plan and I, I want a second opinion or I run to a refine it. I just have it's stuff. More, yeah, it's more yeah. so like, hey, I've been saving. I've been doing some investing. I know I'm going to have my pension. I had health benefits this whole time. Now I'm not going to have health benefits. Mm. Um, and then also I got my wife's stuff. I don't know what she's up to, but we got to figure what that looks like. Um, so it's more so like, hey, behaviorally, they've been doing the right thing for a good amount of time in terms right. of like having some savings and, you know, if they get into one of those deferred retirement programs, I mean, those are pretty lucrative. And so, you know, they can walk out with 500 to 1.5 million bucks and figure out like, Hey, what do I do with all this now that it's here? When I joined the fire service 35 years ago, I didn't think I was going to have any of this. I thought it was going to yeah. be just my pension. So, Interesting. um, but, but yeah, we're, I mean, candidly, we're, we're taking people typically from the, the plan they know is, I'm going to get my pension and I got to figure everything else out um, okay. to getting a, you know, a pretty detailed plan on taxes, income strategies, what to do with their investments, uh, how we build out that healthcare bridge, getting their estate plan in place and, and really getting all those things buttoned up. So they go into retirement with a high level of confidence and, and matched up with an experienced planner here um, to make sure that they're getting you know, really the the right inputs and then the right strategy to, to drive them towards the right ideal outcomes. Yeah, and it's interesting too, when, when you figure for a living, you typically are used to having a plan, right? So they probably function better knowing they have a plan and strategy. And that's the interesting thing about, I think, about finance in general for all of us. No matter what walk of life you go through, Scott, it's one of those things that for many people – it doesn't matter how aces you are at your profession. It's like it's it's intimidating to many people, right? It doesn't matter if you're a doctor, lawyer, uh, you know, plumber. Doesn't matter, right? Like most of us wind up because we do a terrible job of financial education in this country and have for a long time. Uh, that I think many it just intimidates the pejesus out of a lot of us, right? Well, and there's so much conflicting information out there too. I yeah. mean, it's it can be pretty challenging at times to sift through the noise. Um, you know, the the industry is just rampant with salespeople. Yeah, and the um, world is just noise right now too. So. Exactly. So, you know, it, it can be, again, a lot of noise out there and there can be something out there that makes a lot of sense, but maybe it doesn't make sense for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, sometimes it can just be good to have a, a second set of eyes on things and and talking through things. So, um, I mean, that's why our, our slogan is better together. I mean, we tend to think that uh, through the discussion process, the planning process, and, um, you know, you can drive towards ideal outcomes that that help you get a plan together and then accomplish it. Yeah. And, you know, think about, I mean, I've, it's not lost on me that we're adding to the noise with a podcast. Uh, however, you know, I think unlike a lot of talking head kind of uh, things that are out there, especially from, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, bigger media type folks or even that have done this kind of thing, even like Dave Ramsey, for example, obviously very good at what he does. He's built an empire, but he's not seeing people, right? He's not he's not bringing people into the office and helping them plan their retirements anymore. So, you know, doing what we're doing here and, and sharing your visions and how you help, especially this specific niche, I think is is uh, hopefully not adding to the noise in a uh, in a bad way, right? We're trying to offer some useful nuggets for folks that are in this in this vein, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, that's part of our purpose here is to cut through it, you know, cut through it, provide clarity for for people and, you know, not just everybody, but just 
you know, specifically for, you know, our nation's first responders and, and give them, you know, the opportunity to ask questions and get clarity on things that make sense for them that yeah. are in their best interest. Yeah, um, makes a ton of sense. So. Yep. I like it. All right. So let's continue. Are, are you ready to retire? And we'll do just a couple more here. things here and we'll wrap up. Uh, but, you know, how do you kind of basically help people find the solution that's for them? You've talked quite a bit about some of those different aspects, but whether you've walked in with, okay, I got all this stuff and I don't know what to do with it, whether you're on that side of the coin or you walk in, maybe they, the other side of that is you talked about retiring early, Scott. Like somebody comes in and says, man, I, I can't do it anymore. Like I've got to get out. Like I'm burnt. I'm physically whatever, you know, whatever it might be, and, but they're not quite there financially. Right. So how do you kind of walk through those conversations? Cause obviously they're not going to be easy, but they, they have to know like what paths to take and what things to start to do so they can get to retirement. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and this is, it, it kind of comes back to that planning discussion, you know, and, and, you know, let's say I got a million bucks and I'm going to pull out 40 grand a year out of it. But if I wanted to retire earlier and I only had 700,000 and, and I didn't have enough uh, to be able to pull out of the portfolio to augment my lifestyle, well, that might be something where it's like, Hey, you're, you're good to retire, but you got to pick up some part-time work somewhere. I mean, mm. and you know, that might not be the answer somebody wants to hear, but if we run the numbers and that's what the the data is telling us, then, hey, let's build a plan around it. And that might look like either A, hey, you know what? I'm going to stay on the job another two years. I'll keep I'll keep maxing all my contributions to my, my savings. I'm going to build up my pension a little bit more. I'm going to delay the amount of time um, it takes me until I start pulling out of the portfolio by a few years. And or, hey, you know what? I'm just ready to be done with the job. I'm going to get off the job and I'm going to, you know, keep my side gig of doing concrete going. Um, and I'll do that for another seven years. That way I don't have to touch my portfolio, but Hey, I'm only working part-time and doing something that, that I enjoy doing. So that might be, you know, again, piecing those puzzle pieces together on, on how you land on a solution that, that makes sense for you and your plan. That's going to do it this week for the podcast. Thanks for hanging out here with us on Leaving the Job, the premier financial podcast for firefighters with Scott Osborne, the firefighters advisor at Patriot Wealth Planners. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify or YouTube. And you can find all the information at retirefirefighter.com. That's retirefirefighter.com. Or you can book some time with Scott at callosborne.com. Thanks for hanging out with me, Scott, and breaking down this conversation. I always appreciate it. See y'all soon. All right, man. We'll catch you on the next episode right here, Leaving the Job with Scott Osborne. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.